Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Locker Room FC podcast. This is episode number three and today we are still continuing on with the trend of all things Champions League because, you know, that's the only bit of football we have right now. So, so since like last episode, like we didn't really talk about the other half of the Champions League bracket too much. Uh, the other half obviously consisting of Atalanta, Atletico Madrid, uh, PSG and Leipzig. So today... We're going to start off with talking about the other half of the bracket. Now, all right, I, I'm again, once again, I'm joined by my co-host of Shiv Kumar, Rashid, Shreyash, and me, yeah. Sairam Umakant. Uh, so, yes, Shreyash, uh, you know, I, you seem to have, like, a very good knowledge of, like, Atletico Madrid. I want you to evaluate their chances against, coming off against Leipzig. A Leipzig without Timo Werner, that too. Yeah, yeah, like you said, I think that's the biggest uh, problem for Leipzig. They don't have their talisman, team, team in, Timo Werner. Sorry, um, yeah, he he's been such a big player for them, scoring goals. And against this Atletico Madrid team, they'll definitely miss him. But they still have some great players like uh, like Danny Olmo, who's been really really good for them. Um, but I definitely think Atletico Madrid are the favorites. Um, they are coming off of a decent patch of form in La Liga. Um, but they still are struggling going forward. Um, their midfield and defense does look solid, but I feel like they they have they have a, had a solid midfield and defense for quite some time. Um, so in this one-off game, they need they will have to score goals. So that's only concern for Atletico, but I still think they're the favorites against Leipzig. Uh, so last time out, I remember that uh, Shiv, you were saying that. Well, even I was saying that uh, Simeone, when it comes to one-legged fixtures, is always going to have the upper hand. So, uh, I will get elaborate on that concerning this game. Yeah, um, Atletico are clearly favourites going into this game because uh, Atletico just came off the back of... I mean, even though it was long ago, they did beat Liverpool and come into this picture. So, they are on uh, a really good uh, high point. But seeing that, you know, it's been such a long while and Leipzig, they have not like uh, played horrible this season or whatever. They've played really well and... The way they progress out of their group and their defense has looked pretty solid. But of course, they're missing uh, Timo Werner and uh, I don't know, just Atletico favorites. You can't even, uh, Atletico can just score one goal and then sit back. And then Leipzig yeah. can, they, they just have to attack how much ever they can to break yeah. uh, Atletico down. And we've seen time and time again from Simeone's team how they defend so well when they're under pressure. Like, yeah. um, Multiple years gone by. Barca, Bayern, uh, not Real. Real always get through. <laughs> but like, uh, even this season, uh, Liverpool, they've all fought like, uh, they've had one of the best attacks in the Champions League at their respective points of time. But they've not been able to break down uh, Simeone's Atletico. So I feel like even if Leipzig had uh, Timo Werner, they, they would have struggled. And now seeing that they don't have Timo Werner, they're gonna. It's gonna be a really tough task from them. So, um, Atletico should be clear favorites to go through. I will say that I feel like we are underestimating um, Leipzig a bit here, like a bit, maybe a bit too much as well. Because uh, I like Leipzig play a really good brand of football, and Leipzig have come off like beating Tottenham in a dominant fashion. They've come off like a decent end to the Bundesliga season as well. Uh, Rashid, yeah, like what about you? 
May. Which you, which, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, even I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game, first of all, especially with the way a the low teams... Sco- okay. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's going to be one nil win only to Atletico or something. Like, they're going to have one goal maybe at the start and if they get that early goal, then they're just going to sit back and they'll be happy to sit back with the defence that they have. And uh, I feel like it's going to be like that. They'll probably score a goal and it's just going to be the whole game of Leipzig trying to break that defence. But, yeah, I feel, again, I'm going to just repeat, yeah, Timo Werner is going to be a big loss for them. Uh, but I still feel they do have the attack. But, yeah, I don't think they'll be able to penetrate to the defence of that yeah. So, what Timo Werner brings to that uh, Leipzig side is the speed to get in behind the defence during counter-attacks. So, now, like, we know that Atletico themselves are, like, prefer a counter-attacks as, a, like, a means of, like, scoring their most goals. But once... Uh, in those moments where Atletico's defense itself breaks down a little bit, they, ha- they could have Timo Werner go in behind with his pace, probably, and put in balls there. But they don't have that anymore. Instead, they have they still have, of course, this love Schlick and Paulson, and then they have Nkunku as well, and Danny Olmo, like you said. But yeah, I also think that Atletico are the clear favorites. But I would say that don't rule Leipzig out, especially for this fixture. Yeah. Uh, I I don't expect Leipzig to go far, even if they win this. But I will say, yeah, don't don't rule out Leipzig. All right, it's time for predictions. The first thing though about this game, though, is right. that the the COVID tests about Atletico that they have like two players tested positive. Oh right, yeah. We don't yeah. we don't know who they are no, so far. So they are they're, they're Korea and Vashalko. Uh, oh right, right, right back. But there, uh, right. so have they been tested negative yet, or are they still? No, they they I, I they can't play. They can't play. They they can't play. Yeah. So that could have some impact on them, you know, mentally, and even yeah. I don't know if other players have been affected. Yeah, because the other players, I don't think they still haven't. Everyone hasn't been given the green light to travel yet. They just have to take yeah. one more test and get a clear negative. Yeah. So I mean, that might have little effect on Atletico's preparation. So we will see how that goes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Korea and Versalico aren't really starters, are they? No, they're not starters. So okay, but I mean, it still have like a psychological effect for yeah, sure. Psychological but, yeah. impact, yeah. Alright, yeah, time for score predictions. Time for score predictions. Who wants to go first? Who is volunteering as tribute here? I'm going to say 2-1 to Atletico Madrid. 2-1, okay. Considering one in a Champions League playoff. extra time. Um, I forgot to mention oh. 2-1. Um, yeah. Alright, Rashid. 1-0 Atletico. I'm going to stick with what I said. 1-0 Atletico. Uh, that's consistent. And Shiv? Yeah. I, I mean, I want to give a new score, but I feel like what Rashid said is more uh, possible. So, I'm going to go 1-0 Atletico. Yeah, Atletico is a boring bet, isn't it? We can't really play, <laughs> like reasonably predict like 4-1 Atletico and then be okay with it. <laughs> uh, I will also go with a 2-1, but in normal time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Alright, so let's move on to the other game of the like half. And I'd say this is arguably a, the bigger game because uh, it's PSG versus Atalanta. And uh, so well, we know what powerhouse PSG are. They are like one of the favorites to win this whole thing. But there's also Atalanta that are the underdogs. Uh, I would just like to say that uh, it is a little bit saddening to see that the church is not playing. I, I I watched like a few games of his in the playoffs and uh, in the court like round of sixteen and he was not, like a joy to watch but unfortunately due to personal matters he will be staying in Slovenia. How do we think that that's going to affect Atlanta's chances here? 
he is their main talisman and he has really come on his own this season yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a big big miss for them um like we discussed with timo one of leipzig elisic has been their main man um and i think it's that's going to be a big big uh, going to be a big impact for them um and with elisic i think the chances would have been much higher but um, you know i think at the end of the day i feel like it's just going to be who's going to score more goals because atlanta do not have the best defense and psg's defense although it is better than atlanta it's also not the best so but psg definitely do have more firepower up front um so that's why i think psg will if if it comes on who's going to score more goals psg will definitely score more goals than atlanta that's a good point to make because atlanta's main uh main like philosophy or rather talking point throughout this whole season has been is how they managed to outscore their opponents yeah. not their amazing defense just the fact that they've just managed to shoot more balls into the net Uh Rashid seeing as though that is what we have here and PSG with like an attack of Neymar Mbappe who might not be fit uh, and Icardi Cavani uh what do you think who do you think is going to like like what do you think is going to happen like between the battle of those attacks there Yeah obviously here it's more about the number of goals that's going to be there and obviously uh, both the teams have great attacks uh Atlanta obviously missing Elisic that's going to be a huge blow for them and we already seen that it's actually kind of impacted the way they've played after the covid situation uh in the last five games i believe there was only once where they scored more than one goal and uh, considering for a team that the game is set up on scoring multiple goals that uh, it has been a huge blow and for PSG also where Mbappe had a point where people expected him that he might miss the whole Champions League itself he might be able to play a few minutes this game as well So obviously PSG for me uh, going into this game are the favorites to win. Uh obviously I think their defense might be a bit shaky since they haven't played much for a long time but I still think that they'll be able to go through this one. Right that's such a fair assessment and uh yes it's a good point Mbappe might like he was at one point like set to miss the whole thing but now we know that he might come back. Uh Shiv I would what do you think about PSG's chances now that you know mbappe is like he might or might not be present for like a few of the fixtures see um looking at psg it's not like obviously mbappe is like the key player or like one of the two key players that they have but they're also missing uh, verati who has a calf injury they are missing uh, munir munir yeah yes munir uh, he's injured i think Oh, he is leaving, yeah. but he is still injured. And Di Maria has a suspension. And no Cavani as well. And no Cavani. Yeah, his uh, contract expired, so there's no Cavani as well. And you look at that and think, yeah, uh, PSG they're going to miss all these people. Mind well that they have spent a lot of money trying to have good reinforcements just for this kind of situation. So, uh, and the Herrera is like. a top top quality midfielder who can place garati <laughs> in any position and um, you look at uh, on the other side you look at atlanta they beat valencia 8-4 on aggregate if i'm correct in the previous round and out of those eight goals four were scored by elisic in this in the away leg at them in this in one of the uh, two legs he scored four of them so the fact that they're going to miss him is really going to affect their goal scoring chances because he's been prolific but at the same time mbappe is recovering really fast so 
he could play a small part but i feel like they won't risk him unless they're in desperate situation they won't bring him on so yeah psg are not that heavily reliant on mbappe as elis as uh, atlanta are on ilisic so i guess uh, psg will just edge uh, atlanta out an interesting point there is that ever since the restart atlanta have uh, gone more of their goals from uh, mario pasalic instead of elisic himself because i think this that was the time where uh, the news started to break up about like like allegations that his wife is cheating on him and that was when like people then mentioned that it took a mental toll on him so there is that that uh, pasalic has performed like since the restart has begun so i personally think that elisic will be a loss but he's not a loss big as big as a loss we're making him out to be but i still think but like at the end of the day psg are going to walk like come away with a result here uh, i do think that if you if you if you want to watch a game with a bunch of goals uh, i would this would recommend this game it's going to be an absolute banger yeah but as for score predictions i will start it off i will go with a 4-2 to psg uh what you you guys okay, i'm going to go for a, a 4-1 psg I think this is going to be a treat for all you Neymar fans out there. I think he's going to have a he's going to have a party out there. I'm going to go for 3-1 PSG. 3-1. Okay. 3-1. Yeah. I'm going to go for a 1-0 PSG because 1-0. 1-0. Yeah. I'm going for conservative because it's not like PSG are not unstoppable. You saw we saw against Lyon that you know they can be stopped. So yeah, yeah. going for a one-nil. Yeah, but then again, I like Lyon are um, their rivals within the same league, so they're bound to know PSG more. Whereas Atlanta, are, like they're not really known for their defensive stability. In fact, yeah, I would say I would go far as to say that their defense is not that great. So um, unless they manage to outscore PSG, which we're all agreeing without Ilicic, it's going to be a bit of a task. There's not much chance for Atlanta winning this. But you actually look look at it. Then uh, uh, Icardi's has has been really poor in that game, and uh, PSG have only played a handful of games compared to uh, Atlanta, who have had like at least I think ten games also, yeah. also played against like people that like not not friendlies, like competitive games. PSG played a yeah. bunch of friendlies, so yeah. you could say uh, Atlanta have more. Uh, match fitness than psg yeah right that's a that's a good point right let's move on to the next uh, fixture in the list and that is man city versus lyon uh now city came through with a dramatic not dramatic i'd say but like uh like a dominant win over real madrid so how are we weighing city's chances here obviously they're the favorites so i assume uh, we're all saying that city have a higher chance of winning this than lyon do considerably but like like how would that match up fare against like a lion team that's come against that has the momentum right now beating a powerhouse like juventus rashid let's start with you yeah obviously we've uh, placed city as the favorites to win this game but i think we shouldn't sell leon short because city have had problems this season with teams that uh, are happy to sit back and counter attack like we've lost against norwich southampton arsenal so especially with the performance with what leon gave against juventus they pretty much just like stayed back and parked the bus almost so 
I could see them doing a similar kind of performance against City. And City have had some problems trying to break down that kind of defence. Sometimes they get impatient towards the final third at least. So, it it's going to be a little bit tricky, I guess, considering it's just a one-legged fixture as well. I think that might play more into Leon's hands than in City. But again, with the team that City has, with uh, Kevin De Bruyne, even Jesus for once performed really well last game, <laughs> I felt. And uh, Sterling is also performing really well. So, we would, it should be a no game. Uh, like Everyone's going to expect City to win, but I don't think it'll be a walkover as such. I mean, it could be. You never know. Uh, like, Lyon, you can't really say that they comfortably won last picture. They barely scraped past through a bunch of sketchy decisions and, of course, uh, the incompetence of the Juventus team. So, yeah, that I would also think that uh, the odds are stacked at City's favour. But like you said, yeah, City's defence isn't something to praise about. And we know that Lyon have, like, uh, the Lyon have attackers who are very pacey and like skillful when it comes to breaking through defenses like uh, Memphis Depay and Moussa Dembele who is I think he scored like 20 plus goals in Liga if I'm not wrong and they have Hasim Awar as well who is a very creative midfielder who can he like okay first of all I just like to point out that uh, Pep is interested in Awar so this is like an audition I just wanted to I, I wanted your thoughts on how these three would play into breaking down, like possibly trying to break down City's defense to counterattack ship. Well, City City's defense has been like one of the talking points. Like they've been really shaky compared to the previous two campaigns, and like that's really contributed to why they've performed really badly this season. Like their points total has been considerably less compared to the past two seasons when they won the league. Uh, the they seem lost without Laporte. Like Laporte is the heart of the defense, and without him, they have other centre back options with uh, uh, Orton Mendy, John Stones. But Pep seems to prefer having Fernandinho at centre back for most of the games, and like especially when Orton Mendy is playing, there there have been many occasions when they like look really shaky, and you know um, they I don't know they, City fans themselves claim that they have one of the worst defenses, which. I don't know. Their, their definition of worse is not I that I think the bad. argument there is once you go past support, there's not really much you can expect from the other defenders. Yeah. This, yeah. And with the company leaving last season and like Laporte being injured, they actually felt it. So, um, depending on basically uh, Laporte, like he really coordinates the defense really well from what I've seen. So, uh, uh, and Leon's attackers are really tricky. They are not the standalone, you know, static uh, attackers like you know your your Ibrahimovic's, your Lukaku's. These guys are like you. You need service to them. They can't, uh, you know, go past the final defender. They can't go go past people or whatever. But um, uh, for uh, Leon, that's not the case. They can easily, and especially with uh, you know Man City's. No, if Mendy plays, then uh, Leon do have an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so and, and Memphis, uh, Memphis, Dembele, and all, and Aurora, they've all played really well this season. So I feel like they could crack the defense, but at the same time, you have uh, uh, City's attack to look for, and they're not some simple task to contain. Uh, Aguero is injured. And you have seen uh, Sterling come to form of late. So, it will... And uh, 
So De Bruyne's having the you know one of his best seasons ever. So you could it's it's gonna be a goal fest I feel because uh, Lyon have such a good attack, City have a bad defense, and City are over the past ten years have been known for scoring so many goals, and they've had uh, and. If I remember correctly, they haven't lost a game in the Champions League this season. Whereas uh, Lyon have not won a single competitive game since the uh, COVID-19 break. Because they have just been playing friendlies. And I think the one uh, cup final to uh, PSG, they lost on uh, penalties. And then the uh, uh, Juventus game, which they technically went through on away goals. But they lost the match. So, yeah, they haven't been in the greatest of forms, you would say, because they haven't been winning much. But, you know, they're, they're still a good team and you can't rule them out. City are favourites, but I wouldn't be too shocked if Lyon caused an upset. I think that's interesting what you said is uh, you're expecting a goal size because City are known to uh, score many passes like opponents once they find that right spot. But the issue is City are known to like capitulate in European competitions, especially and without the lack of leadership, like a like captain figure, like company in their team, uh, we've seen that multiple times this season. Where once uh, you know it's the teams like their opposition gets, like they get in their place, they get the defensive structure. It's very hard to break them down for City. And we've seen that multiple times where it just goes 90 minutes, there is no breakthrough, and then the opposition scores a late goal here. So I think uh, like my opinion on the match is City need to get started quickly. If they put one goal through, then they've already won the fixture, in my in my eyes anyways. But if they let Lyon like uh like get their defensive structure for like the, like in the first twenty minutes and then that's that's just set for like I, I don't I doubt City will be able to break it through. But City did break through Real Madrid, which is like what I wanted your like like I wanted your thoughts on because um Real Madrid are not, they're not, they're not pushover. We've seen that they have a lot of defensive resilience and City managed to, I wouldn't say blow past, but they were pretty dominant in that fixture. What would you say are the positives from that game, Shersh? Like, what could they carry from that game on to Lyon? Um, for me, I think the, the biggest positive from City's last game was the midfield dominance. The reason they were so dominant is because their midfield three just completely dominated Real Madrid's midfield three and that's why they had so much possession, they created so many chances. And I think it's a similar story against Lyon. Um, if City's midfield are once again on point, there's very little chance for Lyon. And I think an important player, which people may not realize, is going to be Rodri. If you look at Pep's teams in general, when they play against other teams who like to sit low and uh, just park the bus, that CDM uh, player is the player who always breaks up the opposition's counter-attacks. So if Rodri doesn't have a good game, um, City's defense could be exposed. Um, so yeah, just just a little uh, point to note. But yeah, I think if Man City's midfield uh, play well, then they have the game in the bag. See, I disagree there because what we saw against Real Madrid as well was they created a lot of chances, but they still didn't finish. Like they could have easily put the game to bed around like 60 minute to 60 minute mark or even earlier, but they didn't take their chances. So I do think that the most important outlet in City's team would be the front three, especially the way they press, because we saw that against Real Madrid. It was their pressing. It wasn't like a hard press. It wasn't a very energetic press, like the, from what you see from Liverpool. It was just a smart press. And that's what broke down Liverpool, uh, Real Madrid's defenders there. Rashid, what are your thoughts on like that? 
who who do you think is going to come in like more clash for city here yeah obviously attack is the main outlet for city right now but as shreyas said like when they counter attack like when real madrid were counter attacking especially in the first half like city were trying to put a lot of pressure on them but once real madrid were able to just get a few passes in when like rodri wasn't able to do anything as much they were able to get past the defense and create like a bunch of chances in the first half as well like benzema had a couple of shots in and in fact i felt that real madrid actually played the better first half but in the second half is where the midfield actually got more compact they started to post like press smartly as well but in the counters they would position themselves better and not get exposed because even walker i felt like he keeps drifting inside possession yeah. so he keeps a lot of space available for the wingers to uh, take advantage of so if he keeps doing that against leon also that's the only way where leon can trouble city with uh, wide attack counter attacks so if city can get that managed then they'll be able to have more uh, structure at the back but obviously the attacks going to be what's going to help city to win because like you said in the real madrid game as well there were a lot of chances that they've missed and even the two goals we actually ended up scoring were defensive errors uh the chances we actually had could have easily scored at least three or four more if we just took them like if like aguero was there probably he could have scored three of them by himself but uh there was one chance sterling missed one chance gundogan missed so yeah. all these chances city can't keep wasting and expect the defender to make a mistake yeah. see i would that's a good point but i would also like to point out that the defensive errors were like like what i ex- ex- mentioned before was a direct cause of their smart pressing especially like yeah the front three especially there and de bruyne was also involved so you could say the defensive errors but i i still feel like the city press from the real madrid game impressed me so much like i can it's, it's it was very understated as well i think that single handedly might have won the game yeah especially with jesus uh, pressing i felt it was really impressive. yeah <laughs> you have a lot running of lot of opinion as much as possible Jesus. like he didn't let any ball go out he just kept running and causing all sorts of trouble to both the defenders so that was really good play for them So we'll see. Definitely weird seeing you praise uh, Jesus but uh, I, I, we'll I wasn't take it. expecting such a performance. We'll take it. I was pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh but does anybody else have like any other thoughts on what Rashid just said because I think it's very interesting point like how he like mentioned like the link between yeah. the midfield and the attack and the defense and how they interplay with each other. The point he said where um, they actually struggled to they didn't clearly break Real Madrid down to the second half. An interesting stat is that in the last four champions league games that city have played during half time they have been drawing they haven't been losing or winning they've always been drawing so it's basically like city trying to wait for the opponents to make a mistake so that they can capitalize it rather than going all out in the first half i also like to uh, like reiterate one more point about the lack of leadership in city now usually obviously the premier league season's over and city came away with a loss there and i feel like a big reason was that they didn't have a big captain like figure in the squad how do you guys think that that will affect city's chances going into a european qualifier game and even like by extension further into the champions league i mean yeah definitely company have has been a big leader leadership figure in the team but they still have um, a few senior players you know like David Silva I mean there's no start. doubt about it but there's nobody who has like a as big as a voice as company did when he was a part of the team we still have players who can who can like like you have seen Laporte Laporte at times rally the defense 
not that often, but he has done it a few times. Um, De Bruyne, he's allowed to talk. I mean, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you are right. I think the attack as well is quite young. Um, they don't have like with Aguero, it's a different story because of his experience. But with Aguero, yeah, they don't have the sort of experience up front, especially in a. See, if if they concede early, then yeah, I think you're right. Like they, you know, they they may just crumble. So yeah, it's something that uh, which might be a problem for City. I feel like their attack, especially, is a uh, like since they're very young, they're also very emotional. What yeah. what I mean by that is they're uh, like very momentum based based yeah. on like how they perform. Anyways, we'll move on to the predictions now, Rashid. Since uh, you are the City fan, I uh, want to hear your predictions first, mate. Okay, so. There's a lot of thought into this, but uh, I think the city have to have to win this. Like I feel like going to win this also. I'm gonna give a three-one to Manchester City. That's interesting because I have the same prediction as well. Three-one to City. Uh, Shiv, what about your predictions? I feel like um, Leon will edge this one. Don't quote what? me on this. But Leon... <laughs> what do you mean don't quote you on this? You're saying this on the podcast which you're going to post on the internet. Leon, Leon... I feel like Leon have this part that, you know, they could uh, be the surprise package. Like something that City don't expect. They have a wow factor that, you know, City don't usually come up against. So I feel like they could edge them one nil. So my predictions one nil. It is the Champions League, so I think it's possible. Shersh, what about you? Uh, I'm going for 3-0 Manchester City. Fair I enough. I don't think Leon is going That's a fair assessment. Anyways, that's the end of that uh, matchup. Alright, let's move on to the final and probably the most important, the biggest, you know, however you want to put it, fixture of the quarterfinals. It is FC Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. Uh, initial thoughts on the matchup from everyone. <laughs> Who wants I'm, to not go looking, I'm not looking forward to this game at all. <laughs> I think I think for the for the first time, maybe what five to ten years of being a Barca fan. He's proudly wearing like, a Barca shirt as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think for the first time in like uh, a very long time, we are massive underdogs. So yeah, and it's and it's not just any team. I think this Bayern Munich team are so strong at this point in time that it's actually very scary. Um, so yeah, I'm actually very very scared for this game. <laughs> What about you guys? Yeah, I, I think we can all agree that uh, Bayern are the favourites going into this match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Bayern are probably the favourites to win the whole thing as well. Uh, so Bayern, uh, in quite dominant fashion, uh, put away Chelsea, which we won't dwell too much into because uh, I'm, I'm what living... What was the score? <laughs> the score was, let's keep this moving. <laughs> uh and uh, Barca also, they, they, I would say they went, like, they comfortably went through Napoli. I mean, yeah, there were, like, a bit times where they were uh, hesitant and, like, like you could say a little bit wavering, but they still managed to get through. But this matchup is is another league for Barcelona because uh, Bayern Munich are quite the finished article. They're very solid in defense. Their midfield is, it's filled with top-notch quality and their attack is... Well, they have Robert Lewandowski, and I don't think I need to say any more about that. Ashit, what are your thoughts on this matchup as well? <laughs> yeah, like Shreya said, I think it's the first time in a very long time that Barca are going to any game without being the favourites. Like, it's just a weird feeling to see that uh, we're not expecting Barca to come up with a win. Barca did put up a good display against Napoli. Like, they were a bit 
chances where uh, Napoli could have scored, like they hit the post and stuff. But I still, I still felt at least attacking-wise, it was a good display from Barcelona and should give them some confidence going into this game. But against Bayern, especially with the form they are in, four-one against Chelsea, uh, and Lewandowski seems to be scoring for fun right now. So it's going to be a tough game for Barca. But you know, you never know what Messi can do. So. It might be a messy magic as well. You should never do yes. that. Out. Speaking of messy, uh, Shiv, our state Ronaldo fanboy, uh, like it's obvious, like Messi is the gonna be like the main catalyst for Barcelona in this game. What do you think Messi has to do here in order to weigh the odds in Barca's favor? I think like this is the first. I think it's. It's been such a long time since uh, Barca has been reliant on solely Messi because they have also had other options at other points. You know, because like there's you know Barca's always littered with quality around the pitch, but there's no trust in any of the players at the moment. So I feel that, and this is a fixture. I think Barca would have not had this much pressure if it was the semis or the finals. But then, considering it's just the quarterfinals. It's and one of the biggest games of the season yet. Barca are really, you know, they are underdogs. But considering that, you know, uh, he does have support around him. I mean, Suarez is not the greatest, but you have Griezmann, whose quality is top notch. And for this game, they do have Dembele coming onto the bench supposedly. So he is also, you know, an option. I guess he is an option. I mean, see, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to not shame anyone on this podcast. So, as this is an option, but uh, defensively, Barca longly has played really well this season, and uh, I mean, he did score that goal against Napoli, which was controversial. But defensively, Barca do look solid. For the most part, they do look solid, and uh, Robert Lewandowski, man, he's just scoring for fun. And even Serge Gnabry, and you know, I think the interesting battle is going to be Messi versus Alfonso Davies, without oh, a doubt. That's, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's just you know a proper test of uh, Davies's qualities. If he is world class, as they say, going up against Messi, you know, either he'll break his career or. It might make us like just elevate him more. So that's yeah. going to be the. But, uh, I, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think Messi is gonna. He. I think Messi knows that Alfonso Davies is, is really fast, and Messi isn't as fast as before. So I highly doubt that Messi is just gonna stick on the wing. He's definitely gonna come inside, and the the bigger battle will be Bayern's midfield versus Messi because Messi is not that out and out right winger anymore. He's gonna drop deep, be in the most central position. Um, because that's why he has to be. Because if you, if you go past Messi, there's no other creativity in the team, so he has to play in that central role. So I think the, the bigger battle is whoever's going to be in that cent- the center of the of, of the Bayern Munich team. Uh, he's going to have to deal with uh, Messi more than Alfonso Davies. So with the way Bayern is set up, they have two midfielders playing in behind Thiago with uh, Kimmich and Goretz. Uh, or no, it's two midfielders playing in Bayern Müller. My bad. Uh, usually it's going to be. Thiago and Kimmich or Goretzka. So, those two midfielders are going to be in charge of, well, keeping Messi in check for the most part if he decides to draw it, like, come in deep. 
Now we know Thiago is a more of a technical midfielder who is more in charge of progressive plays. Whereas Kimik or Goretzka, I, I think it's most likely going to be Goretzka because Kimik is going to play as right back. So we'll assume it's Goretzka, and Goretzka is more of those like powerhouse type of midfielders. So I want like I wanted like like Shreyash mentioned, I wanted to talk more more about like how those two would weigh up against well Messi and by extension as well maybe Frankie Rian because he is one of the bright spots in Barca's midfield right now like if you leave out everybody else starting in Barca's midfield like Ivan Rakitic and Sergio Busquets uh, they're not as good as they were before and Rakitic is kind of washed but Frankie de Jong has he performed against Lyon so I wanted to like your guys thoughts on the battle of that midfield trios and Messi as well by extension Rashid you go first yeah, I think Bayern right now their midfield is pretty solid. With like how you said, Thiago is been playing amazing. But the one good thing for Barca is that Vidal is back for this game, so they won't have to rely on Rakitic. Uh, so and Frankie De Jong last game played amazingly well, so that was good signs for Barca. Like he provided some great long balls and stuff. So that's there are some signs for Barca to do well in the midfield. But I still see that if Messi is not on top of his game, it'll be a dominance for the Bayern midfield. Uh, and giving on top, we saw that Perisic had played well in the absence of Koeman. And even Coutinho, when he came on, gave a good cameo. So, uh, Coutinho to score against Barca, that might kind of hurt them. So, uh, And we're seeing Vidal play against Bayern. So, there's a lot of mini-mini battles going on in this game. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be Bayern's midfield at least dominating for this game. Okay, what about you? I read somewhere that uh, Barca might start Vidal because he has played with uh, Bayern Munich a lot and know how they function. So, I mean, Barca, and are there strong allegations, like strong links that he might play? Considering uh, the way Thiago, and, I mean, Bayern, you can't just say the midfield is solid. They're like, they've been solid in all departments. So, yeah, but I think that the battle of the midfield is like a more important one because we're expecting Bayern to be on the dom- dominant like foot here and knowing the quality to have in midfield and like they can play out from the back and the midfield is a very good medium to do out that as well as their defense. And the midfield are very progressive in all their plays, even though Thiago doesn't have that many assists. I think he has zero, I'm not sure. And Bayern still like their midfield is it's something to definitely rave about, like their attack ticks because of Thiago like as their main point. Yes, Kuretska is he's a fantastic player. Muller like is a very underrated player. But that's why I wanted like I brought up the midfield battle as well. The the thing with uh Bayern is they can't be too progressive in this game. Like they, the midfielders can't go too forward because they always have to be wary of the messy threat. So they'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but the thing is, Messi. So I want to make the statement. I want to make like the point that Messi is, for the most part, he's going to be alone in this game. If Griezmann decides to perform, then Griezmann is going to be a great like outlet to link up play when the progressive ball through the midfield is placed. But other than that, you can't really rely on a an aging, slow like Suarez to you know make those runs that uh, Messi needs him to. So I want like yeah. So it's for the most part, and this is is on the assumption that Griezmann, on his current form, decides to stay in that current form. Messi is going to be the lone threat here, and I just feel like considering that 
Bayern's defenders, especially uh, Boateng, who is uh, faced up against Messi before, they should know a fair bit about Messi. So I do think that they could maybe take that, like allow that midfield to take that risk of playing progressive. I don't know. It's just my opinions anyways. Uh, anyways, another thought I wanted to bring forward was the uh, the battle between Lewandowski and Barca's centre-back pairing. So, we know that Longley has been a decent defender for the majority of the season. PK, on the other hand, it's it can go either of two ways. Either on one day he's going to be absolutely world-class, but the other day he's going to be mistake-prone. So, I wanted like your opinions like all of your opinions on like how would that match up fair up depending on which version of PK we see. That's yeah, right. so uh, uh, PK, I think this this season he, while well, he he has not been the most consistent, but I think he has had uh, solid games throughout the season. Uh, maybe like six out of ten, seven out of tens. Um, and but in the air, at times both Longley and PK have been susceptible to crosses from the wings. So that's why I think more than the centre back pairing, the full backs have to play really really well. Because uh, Bayern like attacking through, uh, on on the wings. Uh, I mean, they're such a versatile team. They can do they can attack from anywhere, and that's why I just wanted to bring up a small point that um, I think I wouldn't be too surprised if Setien starts with like three three at the back or five at the back, um, because we are going to have to defend. So maybe like play Griezmann and Suarez as two central strikers, because that's because if I don't know if people watched the game against Villarreal, that was our best game this season, and that's when Griezmann and Suarez played as two strikers up top, and Messi was a number ten. So I wouldn't be too surprised if Setien adopts that tactic again, um, and also gives us three centre backs uh, to deal with Lewandowski, which is also which is also good. Right, fair enough. Uh, so I think it's time we talk about predictions, scoreline predictions now. Um, obviously, again, like we talked about, Bayern are going to be the favourites going into this game. But Shreyash, do you have any hopes? Um, yeah, I think definitely with, you know, whenever there's Messi, there's always some hope. Maybe he gets a free kick, 30 yard free kick. Ah, the Messi fan by Hashal again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and so, score prediction, you know, I, it's hard to be extremely objective with this because it is my team. But uh, I'm just going to go for 2-1 Barca. <laughs> you, you back your team. Yeah, you're fair enough. Rashid, uh, the more neutral like stance, who would you prefer to see in the quarters, uh, in the semis? Who is actually going to be there? Yeah, they got, mostly the thing is they're going to play, if Man City win, they're going to play us. I'd actually rather see Barca than Bayern for just one sole reason. I don't want Bayern to beat Man City and like Sane to just sit there and watch. You know, that, that's going to gonna hurt me a lot. So, I want Barca to win, but realistically, I think Bayern's going to win 2-1. I'm going to even further say that Coutinho is going to score the winner. Oh just God. to add salt to the wounds. <laughs> Shiv. I'm going to back up uh, Rashid's prediction to one Bayern. Because I, I don't know. It's going to be a close game for sure. But Bayern just look more uh, complete and like they've just been better this season. Griezmann will have a good game. Hopefully. <laughs> Contrary to what I've been saying then. Uh, so my prediction is going to be. Uh, a kind of a blowout one, and uh, this might be due to the fact that Bayern did completely thrash us a few days ago, and um, I expect the same treatment. So I am going to predict a three 0 to Bayern. Yeah, I no, think they are. One goal. <laughs> nah, I, I, I'm sorry, mate. I just think that Bayern have the complete upper hand in this. 
uh, I mean, I could be wrong, which I probably will be considering how these predictions have gone so far, but uh, 3-0 to Bayern is what I'm going to go with. All right. So we're going to wrap it up with this episode. Uh, if you have made it this far, then we thank you. Uh, because I don't know if people make it this far. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, uh, like we've said before, we appreciate all the support that we've been getting lately. It's still a new project and seeing all the support is very encouraging to all of us. Um, do you guys have like, anything to say to the viewers slash listeners? I mean, thanks for the support. Um, comment your predictions um, in the comment box. And yeah, let's keep, stay tuned and uh, yeah, looking forward to putting out more episodes. I guess so. That's yeah. That's gonna be a wrap. So uh, if you guys are joining us on YouTube, uh, please leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Like Shreya said. If you guys are joining us on Instagram, then again, like, comment, and possibly share as well. We'd love to get the out word, get the word out more. And if you're joining us on Spotify, then please follow us for more episodes on Spotify. Uh, but all in all, thank you for watching, and uh, bye. Baby, there's no